number 30 of the 48 ways is Ahuv, which comes from the word Ava, which is love. So Ahuv is being loved. Being a beloved person, that's what this way is about. So every human being has a need to be loved by others. So Fortune, many companies certainly realize this and leverage our need for appreciation as a tactic to get our business. Right? Your insurance company did not send you a birthday card because they have been thinking about you and really want to extend their genuine good wishes. So Lamai says, it's our deep pleasure to give our parents, spouse, friends, the pleasure of taking pleasure from our essence. That's our pleasure, allowing others to take pleasure from our essence. Now, it's not just that they who derive great satisfaction from loving you, it's your pleasure to allow yourself to be loved as well. Ahuv, the pleasure of being beloved is not the false experience of impressing others and being admired. Boasting yet doesn't cause others to generally appreciate who you are. And any recognition you receive through showing off is shallow and unfulfilling, and is a form of manipulation. So this way, to wisdom, number 30, Maisa describes the desire to have others love you by recognizing your strengths and your virtues and seeing your unique soul. Now about this point, we'll see further Sodos that Renach is going to teach us hopefully in the next way as well. Number 31 of the 48 ways is about Ohevis HaMokom, loving right, the Mokom, which is a reference to God, one of the references to Hashem. Um, we'll see why is he called Mokom, which is place. Basically, it's about loving the omnipresent and seeing the three different primary categories that are described in the Shema with all your heart, with your soul, right, your life, all your possessions, and we'll see a number of Yisodos that really shed light on, um, on our human relationships. And then number 32 of the 48 ways, which is about Ohevizabrios, right, loving humanity, loving all creations. And then we'll get into a few more practical points um, about going about this. But this is the very beginning of this cluster of three, of number 30, 31, 32 of the 48 ways. And certainly, to appreciate the concept of individuality, we've spoken about it in the past, elsewhere, but let's see the concept of being beloved. So, the first episode is, it has to be no strings attached. So as the Pasuk says in Mishle, Shlem HaMelech says, As water reflects a face back to a face, so one's heart is reflected back to him by another. Mishle 27.19, Chavzayin Yatez, Kamayim, Hapanim Lapanim, Kin Adam Adam. So, if you project cold aloofness, you'll attract cold aloofness. If you give warmth and openness, you'll attract warmth and openness. If you frown at someone, they'll respond in kind. If you smile at someone and are friendly and caring, so they'll, they'll respond with friendliness. It follows that the best way to get others to love you is by giving them pleasure, with no strings attached. It can be you know, any type of pleasure, material or spiritual, as long as it means something to the recipient. Like a hearty good morning, you know, give him a nice coffee. The morning cappuccino, a few moments of your undivided attention and empathy, all those things really create this. Visit friends who are sick, invite people for a Shabbos meal, volunteer to serve meals at a homeless shelter. Just start giving, with no ulterior motive. So the Hebrew word, as we said, right, forgive is have. That's what it means, have is to give. 
and it has the same root as Ava, which means love. So Rav Dessler in the Mechtav Melio, in the Kunshas Achesed, explains that giving leads to love. When you give to someone, you are investing a part of yourself in them, which creates a connection and closeness. So the person becomes more precious to you, and in turn, you become more precious to them. Now, the next episode is learn from what you love about others. You know, make a list of the people you love. Your spouse, parents, your siblings, your best friends. Take a look at each name and ask yourself, you know, what is it about this person that I take pleasure in? Perhaps you admire your father for his humility and integrity. How did you come to these, to see these traits within him? Which of his actions demonstrated these qualities? So go through the entire list and identify the virtues that drew you to each of these people in the first place and the specific actions that caused you to recognize those virtues. So now, you have a recipe for being beloved. Learn from this list of virtues and actions and model similar behaviors so you, in turn, will become loved by others for the same reasons. Do for others what you appreciated having others do for you. Certainly something you appreciate and to be aware of someone else's needs. What they would appreciate. Now, certainly such an important nikuda um, is to communicate your love. So there are parents who are willing to sacrifice everything for their children. Yeah, their love is that strong, but yeah, the, ch right, the children feel unloved and to resent their parents. So how is this possible? So it's not enough to feel love toward others. You must effectively communicate. Again, effectively communicate that love so that way they'll receive it and feel it. So if parents convey only their criticism and anger and withhold expressions of love and acceptance, their children are going to get the wrong message children need to feel secure in their parents' love and really strive to have this in every relationship but certainly in such one of the most critical relationships and therefore you know parents which communicate their love by spending enjoyable time with their children by complimenting them and telling them how much they love them by showing that their children are their greatest source of pleasure giving them that weight that cover that respect how they're such an integral part of their lives not just reacting to them as merely an extension of me in terms of what I want, my, accom my accomplishments that I want to see my children embody those traits to really go ahead and handle you know, life to succeed, but really that to communicate and showing that their children are the greatest source of pleasure, ultimately the greatest source of life for them. Certainly bringing it towards God, giving that over to one's children as well. So, you know, constantly show your kids through words, actions, and physical affection that you love and appreciate them. Now, the next step is certainly being, you have to be friendly and complimentary. The next time you take pleasure in another person's behavior, whether he did a kind act, performed, or, you know, praise, performed a praiseworthy task, exhibited a virtue, don't be a quiet observer. It's like the worst thing. Give the person a compliment. Some people may not know how to properly accept it, but everyone appreciates a genuine compliment. It is one of the most direct ways to become beloved. Don't confuse compliments with flattery. Hanifa, Terra prohibits insincere praise because it's manipulative and misleading. Flattery, flattery reduces a person to an object. That you're just using him for a specific agenda, whereas sincere compliments demonstrate a beating respect for a person and gender closeness. Only that, it says that 
different groups that are not Zochim Kabbalah and even worse um, are those which, which flatter. We'll see maybe a little bit more about this. We'll elaborate on this point later on. Okay, so now, Lamaisa, being considerate and treating others with respect is another guaranteed way to get others to like you. Recognize that another person is as real as you are. People are starving for attention. They want to be seen and valued as a human being who has thoughts and dreams and feelings. So when you treat others with this consideration and respect, you give them a deep sense of value and pleasure that will not go unnoticed. They in turn will treat you with consideration and respect. Yeah, you have to get out of your own small universe. Reach out, show appreciation. Say thank you. A simple hello lifts up prison spirits and shows that you care. As the Kumara says in Ksubos, Kofir Aleph, that it's greater for someone to go ahead and Malbin Shnaim Lachaveroi, Yesim Mashkeo Cholov. Greater is the one who shows the whiteness of his teeth to his friend than someone who gives him milk. There's a lot to speak about this point. The importance of verbal. Validation, appreciation, affection. Through a person's words, you can build or chasash on the opposite. Right? So we know simple things can make a huge difference, and it goes both ways. Now, the soul of kavod, of giving someone weight, that chashivas, is that when you give someone that respect, you're making them heavy. You're validating who he is. Certainly one has acquired from within. But the reason that he'll be able to respect you is merely because of the fact that you are acknowledging his existence. And to the, to the extent that you validate and appreciate his mitzius, he'll be able to be in touch and have the capacity to appreciate your mitzius. And the tr in truth... This is equal for, it doesn't matter you know, what type of personality you have, the other guy is less warm and friendly, and certainly there is such a concept. But the ultimate Eved Hashem, which has a tremendous balance of all the Milos combined, he has the capacity to really go ahead and understand, to feel, to experience the other person. And that's why... You can have more of an inclination towards Midas Achesed or Gvura. But he is so worked out in such a deep and profound way that he has many, many chalakim and dimensions within himself to appreciate the complexity of the, the other person. And then, we will speak about this future, the concept of Shivim Panim Lataira. How does it work to really go ahead and understand Torah seven different, 70 different ways, whatever that means. But the depth of perception, the depth of understanding of experiencing life in all aspects of Torah and just understanding Torah is dependent on your capacity to go ahead and feel someone else. Because if you can't get out of your small world, all you have is your perception. You're not an Adam Godel, you're not an Adam Shalom, you're not complete and you're not great. Any real great person, the more he humbles himself, in accordance to that he can acquire Torah, certainly as we spoke about when we spoke about humility. Number seven of the forty eight ways that Moshe Rabbeinu 
seemingly on the one hand, the Torah says that he was the most humble man who ever lived. On the other hand, the way we perceive humility is this, you know, this weak, meek guy. You barely pay attention to him. No one sees him. No one recognizes him. But Moshe Rabbeinu confronted the most powerful king in the world at the time. The greatest empire, right? Paro in Egypt. Rather, the Yisod of Anivos is two steps. Number one, I'm nullifying myself and subjugating myself to the ultimate reality, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the only thing I focus on that matters and that is a reality is the Ratzon Hashem. Now, the man who has humility, has Anava, he helps other people to reach their potential, reach their goal. Since there's no threat to him, it's part of bringing the Kiddush Shemaim to every single human being and assisting them on that journey. Mashiach in the Balgaiva, his stat, his chashidus only comes from the way that people perceive him. So how does this come back to the concept of love and respect that we're speaking about over here? Is it very simple? Moshe Rabbeinu Chazal tell us that he knew Kol Masha Talmud Vosigosu Lechadesh, the Rabbo, and every Talmud, every Dvar Torah we have today, said today, all the different patterns of thought and Torah were all given to Moshe Rabbeinu Messinai. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was the ultimate Anav, the ultimate one which was able to understand and to accept and to become the Manig of Klai Yisrael, but also to give her the Torah which contains all the different ways, the different pathways of Machshava, all the different dimensions of Torah, of reality, of existence, to give that over to the world, to Klai Yisrael. It's because he nullified himself. He saw the importance of every single one. So certainly someone of that character, that embodied that to the ultimate level, can give over the Torah in the, ultimately in the most profound way and Mimela to embody every single aspect and understanding of the Torah that is given over to Kla Yisrael. To the end, Atzov Kaladoros for all generations. So that's just a brief Nakuda about the concept of Kavod. So in accordance to the other person's capacity, to your capacity to understanding him, he'll be able to understand you and if you want it certainly to go both ways. If the other person, the other party, develops that depth within them to appreciate dimension that the other person is coming from and it can really grow and extend beyond himself then he has the ability no matter what type of personality since he's worked out he can go and appreciate the dimension of the other person where he's coming from and understanding and experiencing and living so that's his insight fine so certainly just to carry on Right, so we said being friendly and complimentary in a real way, not not flattery, not chanufa. So the next step is gifts. You know, another effective way to make yourself beloved is to give a gift, right? But give gifts, not souvenirs. And what's the difference? Well, the guy visits Israel and he brings back a paper holder with his Israeli flag on it. It's a throwaway present that required no thought about what the recipient would really appreciate. A gift requires consideration and demonstrates that you were thinking about the person, right? So it's a perfect pair of earrings that match your wife's favorite outfit. It's a hard-to-get book that, you know, your husband has been searching for and you found just the place in Jerusalem to get it, right? So whenever they see your gift, they'll, rec they'll reconnect your love and your thoughtfulness. 
Don't wait to buy a gift until it's the last minute and you're frantically looking for something, anything, you know, before you run off to the airport the other person may like. And then, if all if all else fails, you'll buy a bottle of whiskey at the duty-free shop. Alright, so get the right gift from the start. When you have the time and presence of mind. And keep in mind what the people closest to you like. So that when you see that special something, so won't click. Now certainly the greatest, the ultimate gift, and the greatest gift you can give right, you can give someone is wisdom. A nice tie is worn for a year, but the right insight can change someone's life forever. So ask yourself, you know, what piece of wisdom would your spouse, parents, siblings, or closest friends enjoy? What insight would they find beneficial and useful? So when you learn a piece of powerful wisdom, think to whom you can give this gift of wisdom, and like any gift, be sure to gift wrap the wisdom, right, the wisdom that you're giving right. That can make all the difference in the world. Yet you need to think how to best package the insight you want to share. Don't just tell it straight out, which may lead them to think that you're lecturing or criticizing them. And saying, you know, I learned about happiness, and I think I, I, I immediately thought about you. I think you can really use some, some of these tips, right? So you just ruined everything, and they're gonna be resentful. Certainly, if you don't give them a practical way to work at it, then it's certainly frustrating. But you can come and obviously think of the right phrases. Present it as a question or idea that you've been intrigued by. And really to show and to present it in a thoughtful way that they can benefit from it, appreciate it, and certainly and to use it. Now, you know, figure out an effective way to share the wisdom and in a manner that gives them pleasure. This can be done by telling over right, reading story that you heard or by asking a thought-provoking question and so on and so forth. Right, the last insight for this point is certainly live with vitality. People are drawn to a person who exudes joy, happiness, and passion for living. Such people are a pleasure to be around. Their optimism and good cheer lifts others, giving them a taste of the beauty of existence, of life. So, for starters, if you want people to love you, get rid of the pessimism, criticism, and gloom. Such negativity only drives people away. Instead of giving people pleasure, you are giving them pain. So work on being optimistic, cheerful, confident about the future. So ideally, live with the vitality. Live with vitality and zest. Yeah, what do you like? Stay in touch with the magnificent wonder of living. So getting people to connect with this wonder is one of the greatest pleasures you can give. It will also make your magnetic personality few of these solos we mentioned regarding humility but certainly ways to do it is being in touch with awe joy using certain aspects even of fear that we've spoken about so we just go ahead and mention a few nikudas regarding this to me mafia sometimes we give over the feeling that um, you know I don't need anyone I can do just well just fine on my own but it's not true mindset as we said, oh, being loved, someone's loved through others, it comes to our family, friends. This need is present, and certainly can be suppressed for different reasons that we'll see. Um, but it's deep, and it's natural. And the, the Ibn Ezra says, very end of Parshas Nisavim, Torah speaks about the Yisod of, of choice, of Bechira. 
So it says, Re'in nasati l'fanacha hayom, shall see today, a place before you, Sechaim v'satov, life and good v'samov v'sasaro, and death and evil. Asher anochi n'sav hayom, l'ahavas Hashem l'okecha, to love God, to go in His ways. And then, at the very end of the, the Pesach of your Pesach Yates, then the Parshat Nitzavim says, Ha'idosi b'chem hayom, es ha'shmayim v'sa'oretz, ha'chayim v'hamav s'nasati l'fanacha, I placed life and death before you. Habrach of Akla, a blessing and a curse. Bacharto vachaim, should choose life. The man tichia atav zarecha. Many questions on we can ask on this pasuk. And then the last pasuk in the parsha, parshas nitzavim, is la ahavas Hashem lokecha to love Hashem lishma b'kol to listen, right to His voice. La davka von to cleave to Him. Kiu chayecha, your life, the length of your days. Varichamecha, to dwell amongst the land of the Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And the Ibn Ezra says a fascinating Yisod. He says that Laman in order that you should live, you and your descendants, Laman right, physically or with, um, right, with your with your descendants, which is a zeicher, remembrance of of your mitzvahs in this world. So what is this love that God is telling us to go ahead and choose, choose life? The answer to that is la'ava. Says the Ibn Ezra, ki heim la'ava. Life is for love. Life is for love. That's what we're here for. Certainly we have, we mentioned the five loves of pleasure. Fourth class is love. First class is connecting to the ultimate, to the ultimate virtue, infinity, which is the greatest love possible, and they're intrinsically, totally, one one and the other. So, we need love like oxygen. So certainly, one has to acquire right biyosher with yashrus. He has to be straight, as we said. Kamayim panim la panim kim leiva adam la adam mishleich of zanyates. And it reflects back. The heart of man reflects back the same way as water reflects back to a face. If you walk in a house full of mirrors, so you run in, you run in there with your child, and the child smiles, right? So you see many, many different reflections in the room of the child smiling. So they said, hey, this is such a wonderful place. We should visit here from time to time. It's a pleasure. On the other hand, the next kid comes in, with the parent, and he's all gloomy and down, and he frowns, and then he sees a hundred kids around him, with the reflection of himself frowning, he said, hey, this is a terrible place, never want to come back. The same thing applies to, to us. When people love you, they want to help you to become wise, to succeed. Certainly they'll invite you to their simchas, and they'll feel respect, they'll have the sense of responsibility regarding your success. Because it's a part of them. They'll give you good advice and with joy they'll accept yours, receive yours, analyze, work it out. So this this type of love leads to Hatzlacha, to success in every stage of life. So we already define love, the pleasure that we take from the virtues of someone else and identifying them with that virtue. So again, make a list of the people you love, check it out, ask yourself what causes me to enjoy them actions what are the components of the person's personality his talents so we have 
for now we see three categories when it comes to Tchunos HaNefesh. Right, so Tchunos characteristics, their way of conduct, their talents. See, this is very important for the question that we'll counter later on. So let's keep this in mind. So once you go ahead and discover the virtues, which if I'm pleasant for you, certain of them are intrinsic, which are objective, which one cannot go ahead and say and dismiss, you know, this is not important, this is not a pleasurable, integral part of human being's essence. Um, and then certainly talents, one can value some, some say, you know, one is not so important, one is important, one contributes to humanity, one is less. So once you go ahead and discover, you're revealing and understanding the very basis for a real loving relationship. And at the same time, in order to become beloved, for others you have to be a balmilos and to really work on yourself. And not just to acquire, but to reveal the virtues that you have within yourself. That should be pleasant for them. So this way of conduct will allow them to see, to recognize you as a source of pleasure. And everyone loves who causes them pleasure, right? It's the nature of our existence. Fun. So that's, again, basic principle to go ahead and really maintain joy and optimism is to go ahead and distance yourself from people which are always crying and, and, and complaining about every every little nonsense. Right? Try and maintain that joy and vibrancy. Chiyas for living and everyone will love you. Now, the next thing we said to communicate love and give a story. Right, so as we said, all parents love their children, so why is it that so many children feel rejected and so on? The one thing is to feel, to appreciate, but you have to go ahead and not only leave it by A, but bring it to B. You have to go ahead and communicate, not just to feel love towards someone, that's only one part of the union, but to also express, articulate, and really give it over. Communicate the love that you feel. Project it. Many children hear you know, all the complaints of their parents and so on, the criticism, that's why they make great mistakes understanding the message and certainly it's a lack in the relationship um, in terms of the basis of creating a healthy premise and basis of the relationship. So now we give a story. There's once a great tzaddik, Eved Hashem, he was also a, a great artist. He said that when I was young, days of my childhood, I had a problem of dyslexia and, that, and therefore I wasn't successful, I wasn't so successful in learning. This was back in the early days when they didn't know too much about this specifically in certain countries. He wanted to make his father proud. He wanted to give, you know, some somewhat fair mark for his test. But he just he just couldn't. He just couldn't do it. So one day I said when I was alone with my father at home, maybe in fifth or sixth grade at the time, so I had to speak to him about it. And to tell him that you know I'm really I'm I really have a lot of tsar and pain that I don't bring you the same joy that my sister brings. He only heard what he said. He looked at him with his, his loving smile. And in contrary to his character, the character of someone who you know, barely speaks, the father gave him 
the most the most beautiful speech and the most invigorating speech that he said he ever heard in his life. He said, call him Giddy. He said, Giddy, a father doesn't love his children because they bring great marks home. A father loves his children because there is no other possibility. They're in his blood. They are his soul. He has to love them. Even if they do things which aren't good, he still loves them. But you, Giddy, said you never did anything wrong. You have never done anything bad. He said, listen, when Hashem created the world, when Hashem created this world, He decided He wanted to create an interesting world. Not a complete world, and that's why He created and built people different ways, different colors. Each person, He gave another set of kalim, another set of talents to use. That's when He gave wisdom, the other one He's given a good pair of hands, another one gave Him musical talent, another one mathematics. We don't know why Hashem does what He does. We can't go ahead and blame someone because Hashem hasn't given these tools over the other ones. We can only go ahead and blame someone and blame people which do not and hold them accountable for people that do not use the kalim and talents that Hashem has given them. And therefore, He said, don't go ahead and be sorry and complain about the kalim that Hashem has given you. Sometimes it takes us, it can take some time to go ahead and discover and Kalim Hashem has given us because that they're they're hidden. So right, be patient, be patient like your father, and one day you'll also see and discover that you have tremendous kishronos and talents and great Kalim to be a successful person. So that was the speech that his father has given him that a simple man, the good man wise man said maybe it was like 30 years prior to you know when he's telling over the story certainly before um, a time that in this country they knew much about dyslexia this kid was um, living in Eretz Yisrael other learning disabilities other disabilities that he had so a year or two after that conversation he found the Kalim that Hashem has given him said he was sitting in a certain class so 7th, 8th grade and this Rebbe was ill that day so they had a substitute teacher speaking about something, about something whatever he was talking about and he said I was in a different world suddenly I saw that the, the teacher substitute was standing right beside him For before he had a chance to open his mouth he took the piece of paper that he was drawing on scribbling and he looked on the piece of paper and he said what what are you doing he said ah, you know i'm just whatever i'm just scribbling he said well what did you draw over here no i want to know he said no i wasn't doing anything okay he came a little right in the face he said that you know i was just um drawing you standing next to the to the board so he took the drawing put it into his bag afterwards and it turned out to be that the father of this substitute teacher um, was an international artist and he took the drawing and showed it to him within a few days the this grandmaster artist came to the guy's the kid's home looked at other pieces of art that he's drawn and immediately suggested that his parents should do whatever they can in order to go ahead and really develop his the skill and from that day his father right his father 
which gave him that chizik at the time. Well, he put in his neshama, that way he'll be able to go ahead and study and learn with the greatest artist in, in, in Israel and abroad. He said today, you know, he's in his 40s, and last month he opened up his 28th exhibition in New York, Museum of Art, making you know, a lot of money, Kanai Nahara, very successful, and his art is appreciated throughout the world. At the same time, you know, with his financial success, he started taking care of his problem. Psyad Nishmai is a tremendous result. So now he said, at this point, my father's already, you know, pension. He said, and all of his success, why are you making such noise? You know, he said the child found the Caleb and he's using them. So that's this powerful story, just to appreciate this idea. So in order to really communicate and to project the love, a person has to go ahead and show empathy and understanding, appreciation, to really take pleasure in the mitzvahs of the other one. Train yourself to, to show people how much you appreciate them. Now, you know, stop go ahead and analyzing their good their their good deeds and at the same time focusing on their chesronos. The other way around. And appreciate, and with simcha gluya, reveal joy, right? All their milos, and automatically they'll have the sheif and the desire to really go ahead and overcome their chasronos deficiencies for you. And that's also a great claw when it comes to chenach, a great principle in chenach, and they'll do it for you if you focus on their milos. Now, again, train yourself to show people how much you appreciate them, so try and incorporate within your words. Words of affection, as we said, you know, I'm so happy you're here. Did in a unbelievable way. I really like the idea you presented. And certainly, as we said, watch over from flattery. That's not oh, you have a bria story. That's called strings attached. Give the compliment with no strings attached. Say, oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful tie. Then you say. You know, can you lend me some money? Right, so that's Hanufa. That's strings attached. That's one aspect of Hanufa. Certainly, and it's also, it manipulates people. It's not Amis. And another reason is that the Hanfan, the flatterer, he's covering up deficiencies and he's changing, he's distorting the Amis in order to go ahead and achieve something. As the Masasa Sharm says in Perk of Gimel, that Hanufa flattery really robs the other person from the Yecholas, the ability to really see his chasronos, deficiencies and change. Make sure that you're expressing real and sincere authentic appreciation in order to achieve something. So we said giving is the maftech, is the key. The best way to become beloved is to give. And you give pleasure, right? Physical, material, spiritual, emotional. Hana, pleasure, not amenaz to mekabal pras to re- get something in return so what you get in return is love Lamaisa, how's a person turn into a nosin to a giver? very simple, start giving some people say that I'm only able to give to people that I love that's not accurate the word have as we said tain, which is to give comes from the Shem Shoresh as Ava so the Kavana is that the Nesina giving builds love, builds a relationship. When you give someone, as we said, you're mashkia and investing a part of yourself within them, it becomes more precious 
to you, I mean, you love them more. And that's why parents love their children more than anything else. It's the greatest investment of their lives. So certainly if a parent, let's say, um, they haven't been raising their children for 20 years, they, had, they were adopted after day one, and they meet up 20 years later, it certainly is a part, you know, came from their essence. They're not going to love them the same because certainly a lot has to do with the work that one invested within the child and so on. But certainly, general case, they love their children more than anything else because it's the greatest investment of their lives. So decide, make this decision, and really go ahead and establish this, that helping others has to turn into part of your Tfisa Sachaim understanding of life. Right, as we said, go ahead and visit the sick, invite people for Shabbos, whatever it is. Go in the ways of the Bari Oilam, turn into a giver. It's a world of Av, of giving, because Shabbat gives it to us, so certainly we should give. Do it from Mikol Lebcha, and you'll cause others to go ahead and be nagging the same hyphen. You have to give in order to receive. That's the way. There's no other way. You know, for example, give a marshal. A man goes out to the you know to the forest and so on, and he's lost in the way, and he sees that there's a blizzard approaching. And certainly he's wandering. He doesn't know where he's going, and it's clear to him that his life's in danger. Now, when he is already close to fainting, he sees a beautiful wooden home. Um, but, you know, he wasn't going to ask too many questions. He decided, okay, let's go. I have nothing to lose. Kohol, that he came closer. He saw that there was, you know, there was an oven, um, which was there, a box that contained wood to heat up the home some gasoline, oil, matches. So when the, when the man removed his gloves, he saw that he completely lost the, the fuel in his fingers. So he raised his hands towards the oven and he said, you know, if you warm me up first, the feeling of the nerves will go ahead and return to my fingers and I'll be able to light, um, use the matches to light you and to, to warm you up. So what do you think happens? That his fingers became even colder. The other guy is diamond to the oven, to the heating oven, and the wood. You have to light it first. You have to go ahead and heat it up first. And then you'll be able to enjoy the warmth and the heat. Certainly we're not going into the whole insult of relationships right now. In terms of this point, certainly as we've spoken about in the past, about the Rambam, mutually beneficial relationship, and so on. Um, there's certain times a person has to allow himself to to see whatever it comes naturally, v'chule v'chule, but lamaisa a person's relationship it has to it has to be giving you have to heat it up in order for it to heat you. Kamaim panim lapanim kinli v'adam laadam. Now certainly to be going to cause other people pleasure is a tremendous source of pleasure for us. And this pleasure comes from the havon and the understanding that we have this tremendous maikoach power to. Well, you go ahead and have it make an impact, influence people in a positive way. So why are we why aren't we busy with this, Kolasma? Why aren't we busy with this all the time? It's a tremendous source of pleasure because that we are tied up with the handcuffs of self involvement, and we're so busy. Push it up to our necks, up to our neck, searching for our own pleasures. So get out of your own. 
dog hole and go ahead and put out your hand and show him aleichem to really encourage someone shows that you care about him she said small things can have a huge impact so this claw is very important especially when it comes to marriage when giving is the very basis for having that relationship when two people are busy with giving each other so then the relationship between them will develop from both sides Tehidei um, really being mechazek and strengthening their bonds but on the other hand to a couple which are busy just receiving and accepting in that case the whole process turns the other way around and a lot of pressure and stress that comes about so certainly a you know admiration is not love society tends to go ahead and admire people based on external hasegim and achievements which are you know recognizable it's one of the souls we mentioned with Gaiva that it's totally and everyone else around you what do the people think about me but when people admire you they're just appreciating and admiring certain performances that you've done but when they love you they're appreciating you for who you are including your chesronos your deficiencies real love is not again is not ignoring the chesronos of the person you love rather again taking pleasure in their virtue identifying them with their virtue with their virtue and understanding with acceptance and certainly allow them the real I have the real lover will help the one who he loves to go ahead and change and for his benefit so having you know making a nice impression financial success and so on may allow that people will admire you more but not to love you more but whoever seeks the harotza the admiration of others loses it it's not intrinsic within you and someone who's zochah to become beloved he's zochah for a tremendous beautiful gift for, his, for the rest of his life so now a person can certainly have the fear of kirva of closeness of intimacy so a prerequisite to become beloved is the is to make this deep decision to, uh, to allow yourself to be loved. Allow yourself to be loved. Now, why are people afraid of real closeness? So a person can go ahead and have the fear. I'm going just outlining three points over here. There's a lot more to this, uh, but a person might go ahead and have the fear from being hurt. You know, if I go ahead and give up my the walls of China that I built within myself, so I'll be more vulnerable. As you said, with a marriage, the minute his wife said something you know, mean to him, and he retaliated, so she's not going to say anything anymore, she'll, she'll just keep quiet when she's upset. Uh, but then, okay, you have no relationship. You lost it. It's tragic. If she has the that comfort zone, the ability to go ahead and have that, in a healthy way, have this vulnerability, so then your connection is so much more powerful. Person can have the question with a friend, you know, is it worthwhile for me feeling vulnerable or not? So if you find that you can get from this relationship and you see it's beneficial, certainly with the different levels of relationships that we spoke about in the Rambam, so if you find that it's valuable, it's worthwhile, there's a really sense of understanding and appreciation, so okay, it does it hurts much more when 
you felt that you were left out, you forgot you didn't take you together with the Hebra, and so on and so forth. But since he's so close to you, it is so important. You'll keep it, and that's what a person is supposed to do with a spouse. You see, you can't get much for that much from the relationship, just the nature of things and so on. They don't have that depth of appreciation and the various dimensions that a person can have within him, as we mentioned earlier. So we may look. There is a makom for creating a certain distance and so on. Fine, so that's number one. Number two, again, so number one, the person might be choshesh from a pegiya. Have a fear of being hurt if I lay down my walls, so then I'll be more vulnerable. But certainly, with that comes relationship. You work it out well. Think, th think it through. Is a person really holding there? Can I trust them? But number two, the second reason why people are afraid from real closeness, that a person... Maybe afraid that he'll come to get to know himself a little too well. My close friends will discover within me some you know different things that I'm trying to hide from the world and from myself. Number three is that a person just may want to go ahead and be alone. Now certainly you have this with um, people which have been hurt by society, so then they try and cut themselves off as if I don't care. But certainly it's tragic. We're born for connection. Again, it's Ben Ezra. It's a world of Ava. Chaim him lava. Life is for love. It's a real thing. So now, if you have one of these feelings and so on, so really put in the effort to get rid of them. Call it that you have these things within you, you won't be able to get, attain the love of others. You're, you yourself are going to distance from you. And also when it comes to you think you're a great intellectual, you're lacking tremendous understanding of life and these dimensions of living. The awe, and the emo that each human being contains, so you better get rid of it. As we said, when it comes to gifts, so they have a tremendous power when it comes to forging relationships, as you said, not uh, buying souvenirs or tokens, rather real matonos from one's heart that really show that you know the person, remember him, you're thinking about him. So if this is bedvram gashmim, achas kamen become when it comes to spiritual inyanim, the greatest thing you can give a person, as you said, is wisdom, a tie, go ahead and wear out, but you give the person a perspective that really can change his life forever. Now, so go shopping not only for gifts, but go shopping for wisdom. Think, you know, who's this who would who would enjoy this? Who is this important for? Again, so we said you have the sold of even when it comes to regular presents and certainly when it comes to wisdom you have to wrap it properly. It's gonna be very not a chokum to go ahead and go to your friend and tell me, you know, I read in the Orcha Sadikum how you get rid of the meat of gaiva of haughtiness and I thought you know, my mind went straight to you. So think about the person that you're speaking to. Go ahead, articulate it, work it out, and think of a way that you can really go ahead and allow the person to want to listen, to grow. Say, you know, I, I know that you just love hearing new ideas. And I just heard an idea that I thought that you'll, you know, you'll really appreciate and really like. Don't bore people. Don't preach. Don't get them upset, right? Even if you're giving an old idea, give it with the same passion, um, that freshness, the same way that you heard it by the day you heard it the first time. Certainly don't go ahead and inflict pain on others. Don't go ahead and, and criticize and say, oh, this is for your good. The person in front of you is a real person, is a real human being, the same way like you. Think about him. Who is he? What does he need? 
right, be friendly, help him, go ahead and participate in his worries. Sometimes receiving, Agav is also giving. So become a good Talmud, a good student, listen to what's being said, pay attention, grow, advance, and don't forget to go ahead and be mighty and mock your type. Show appreciation from right a real place, from one's heart. These Hanhagos will give your Rebbe, Hano, your teachers, your mentors, right, tremendous Hano and pleasure, and they'll allow them and cause them to go ahead and want to teach you more and more. So just to summarize, before we go to the question, so certainly my giving others pleasure is your pleasure. Number two is the greatest virtue of all is to see the virtues of others. Ultimately, that's experiencing infinity. We're seeing the embodiment of the mythos of this world being expressed within the creations of Hashem. If you love others in this way, they'll love you in the same way. You allow them to come to that understanding. You can really assist them on that, in that journey of appreciating the many, many dimensions of the real. Number three is that the first place for showing appreciation is your family. The one, the man of kindness is someone who has kindness to his family. Right, Nafsha is Mishpachte. Kesh means the famous Rashi there. Number four is that love brings to unity because essentially we're showing why we're all one. We're all expressions of the infinity and we have different gufim and bodies but rather our sense of appreciation is united and unity is power. That may be the Oymek Advarim. Why, why is it that we find in Nevi'im the time of Achav they won in battle times of David they lost, they fell in battle. Even though that David, time of David, there's a tremendous amount of Taira and, and Tzitkos, time of Achav, there's Avod Zara, but they had unity, they loved each other. Masha'in Cain, by David, there was, they were fighting, there was Sinah B'nei, the result of unity, that you can go ahead and appreciate the virtues of the other human being, that's the ultimate expression of godliness, seeing the Tzalamol came within each person. We'll get to that in a moment. So, just to, you know, halach lamaisa, applied wisdom, what can we do about this? So, three things. This is an assignment. So, number one is that for 30 days, give one compliment to someone every day. Notice how good it makes you feel. How good it makes you feel. Number two is articulate what you love about those closest to you and determine what behavior you can model in order to become more beloved. Really go ahead and sit down and work on it. And number three, give a thoughtful gift to someone every week for the next month. And it doesn't have to be something big and expensive and so on, but something that they can really appreciate. And sometimes they'll say, hey, what can I, can I do something small? It's probably better to do something small because then you have to think harder. What can this person really appreciate in that sense? And to really work it out. And you're broadening your existence, your machshav. Now, so quickly, um, to the question that we had in this week in the Chabura. So the question that we had this week, the Chabura, is as follows. I've always been troubled regarding the concept of and the obligation of Ayin Tov, having a good eye, and as our heritage demands of us. And in a genuine way, I find that very difficult because A, I'm a very ambitious, prestigious, and successful person who contributes to the national community in many significant ways and to a wide range of critical causes. So in addition to all that being said, how can one genuinely appreciate someone else's qualities, even if subtle, in the sense that their strengths and talents can be very helpful but contribute only in a very technical manner, i.e., 
it certainly serves society, but although it's more quote-unquote robotic, meaning that those people have talents which don't seem to have a profound depth. For example, a little extreme, but just to bring out, to really bring out this point, someone who's in the quote-unquote maintenance business, or two, even a person who is great is a great engineer or an accountant, finances and so on, and so forth. So, and so you know, true, all of the above certainly have value and are critical for the well-being. Of society right physically financially but how can one appreciate how can one appreciate the person themselves and their qualities if that's all they do and don't contribute in a more meaningful and significant way so basically it's a technical necessity but does everyone have profound deep qualities and ones that can be shared and impact everyone and not only in the technical field they're in they're working in number two even for a Jew then after hours engages in Torah study and performance of mitzvahs, which is certainly infinitely, infinitely valuable, how can I appreciate something meaningful and significant within them? And which is A, unique within them, and number two is intrinsically valuable and to appreciate it in a deep and profound way. Number three, especially when seeing youngsters, kids or teens, etc., particularly in the early stages of the kid or teen's development, and when they're at that stage, you only recognize the quote-unquote potential at that point. Um, in addition to what has mentioned above, how can one generally respect another person due to this description, again, even early on, when they're only rec when you only recognize the potential at that point, etc. So, I think we can answer this, again, with one, with the following yesaid. So, just one idea I want to bring out from when we spoke about in the very beginning of the 48 ways, number two of the 48 ways, which is about effective listening, listening effectively. Um, we spoke about definitions. So we mentioned that you ask a person, you ask a person, well, the end of number one of the 48 ways, um, the five C is constant, consistent, continuous, cyclical, and comprehensive, right? To be a study of life. So it's very common you ask a person, you know, what do you do? So the regular answer is, oh, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm a accountant, I'm a lawyer, I'm learning, right? I'm a magicier, a rabbi. Mistake, mistake, mistake. Yeah, you see someone going to sleep. You ask him, hey, what are you doing? He says, you know, I'm a schluffer, I'm a sleeper. But you're, you're a, a, a snoozer, a sleeper. How do you make up Parnassa doing that? Who pays you to sleep? Right? Sounds absurd. That's exactly the point. If you work out the hours... And you know of your life and the extent of your life, and you and you go and you'll see that you sleep more hours than your Isaac and um, and being a rebbe, being a teacher or whatever you're involved with. Your essence is not a schluffer and it's not a teacher. Your essence is a thinker, right? A breathing human, live human being which loves God, which is always striving and trying to achieve more and to grow, to understand the essence of existence, desires greatness, wants to know more Torah, and we all have this within ourselves. Again, the question is being in touch with this. So certainly the person who asks the question, you know, what is my essence regarding my profession, um, certainly is thinking about this as well. So go ahead and identify with that, with what you really are. You ask a woman with children, who are you? She answers, I'm a mother. But that's only one aspect of what she is. Certainly it's a very, very important aspect. She's also probably the most important aspect, but she... But she, you know, what, what she what she does, and that she helps out the Jewish people. And Chesed, and she's a thinking person. She collects information, pursuit of truth. 
Now, the problem is that we have this already, this problem with identity at a very early stage in our lives. Every child is asked, what do you want to be when you, when you grow up, right? So, in this question, you can have um, negative connotations, which can, you know, hurt um, his developing personality. The child is thinking, you know, what's wrong with being myself? Um, I am, am I so bad that I have to change and turn into something else when I grow up? Rather, when, yeah, if you're already asking the question, the question has to be asked in the Nusach, you know, what do you want to do with your with yourself? What do you want to do with your life? So Chazal tell us in Avos, Perkalf Mishnah Tezvav, make your Torah, right? Keva, which is established, set, and your Malacha, your work, right, temporary. Something you do occasionally. Turn your Torah to, turn your learning of Torah into your main ASEC, what you're busy with, and your profession, secondary. And the Bartanura says that the Iker ASEC, when you'll be, you know, exhausted from Malimud, you'll do your Malacha, but not that your Malacha should be Iker, fine as we find. Now the question is, not what are you doing for your Parnasa, what are you doing to make a living, but what are you doing for the purpose of your life? If you see yourself as a thinker, so then thinking turns into the top priority. So, go ahead and update, yeah, update your self-definition. Learn the purpose, the reason of life in totality and in entirety and live it to its fullest. The Tkufa, the story with the Tkufa um, that Rav Yosef Yezel Horvitz was in the, was engaged. So, the father, his father-in-law passed away, his future father-in-law, and, um, his future father-in-law left behind him a widow and a Yisayimim. Eight orphans. So Rabbi Yisrael, after he got married, he took over the business, the store of his mother-in-law, and he took the responsibility for the business. So he's obviously very quick, very, very intelligent person, and he really put in the effort and really invested in in that store and that business, and he was successful. So with him being busy with his um, with the business, he was also kevayit to Matira. He gave shir and Kumara on the base, the local base hamedrus for Balabatim Pnei Taira. Now, um, due to his, you know, business, some from time to time he would come and visit the, um, the the, the city of Maimul, which was nearby, the place where Rabbi Yisrael Salanter lived. So one afternoon, when Rabbi Yisrael was walking, um, you know, certainly he's running through the streets because you know he's busy. So the great tzaddik, the guy and tzaddik Rabbi Yitzchak Blazers itself, right? He stopped and he asked him, said, "Hey, where are you running to?" So I'm running, you know, for my business and so on. A person needs a source of parnasi. He has to, he has to be worried. And you know, how is he going to live? So, Ravitzel, Ravitzchak Blazer replied. He said, "But a yid also has to be, a person has to, also be worried. about how is he going to die?" So Rabbi Yosef Yoyza, when he heard that, he was shocked. With one focused sentence, Ravitzel was able to go ahead and really express the. Yisoyda Yisoydus of the Ashkafa of the Jewish people on life of Judaism. The fact was so clear to him to embrace of Yisoydus with the clarity that he never felt before that this world is only a prosdar, right for the future world. It's only a, it's only a passageway. It's only a corridor. It's only a hallway. See, Perikov is Perikdal Mishnah Chafalif. So this Ha'aram, this comment. Created a great wholesome in the soul of Rabbi Yosef Yisrael and really caused him to really change and to get that clarity in his life. And 
So he, he started focusing on the growing in Ruchnias Tervir Shemaim to to become one of the Gdali Ador, the father of Tunas Navardak, Navardak Yeshivas, which hundreds of and, and thousands of thousands of Talmidim, which really focus only for Tervir Shemaim and great Goine Oilam and giants of spirit came from Navardak. So, might as well we see what comes from here is that it's certainly a very powerful story. Um, but first of all, again, update your self-definition. So are we defining a person by his talents, how he's serving society? And on that point, I just want to make you know, is life good or not? So the bottom line you have to choose, is life good or not? Which brings us to a more basic question in order to answer this question. Do you have a goal in life? If not, there is really, there's no reason not to waste time because nothing makes a difference anyhow. But if you have a goal that you want to achieve in your lifetime, to become a Tamil Chacham, a Tzaddik, over Hashem, why would you want to waste it? Why would you want to even waste one moment? If you have a goal, so certainly want to do the best you can to, to attain as much as possible in the limited time that you have. Um, so the Tayyarak Teisha says the, the worst um, crime to go ahead and for a person to do is, is murder. The worst of murder is one which was, right, prepared. The worst with that, with a prepared, a scheduled murder is of a relative that turns out that killing oneself, i.e. suicide, is even worse. Spiritual, spiritual suicide is worse than physical, and killing time is a spiritual suicide. And certainly we have the concept of empathy and so on. But in order to answer the first part, certainly we said not to just focus on one's external talents. First of all, we're all here for that one purpose. People were right? The world, human beings were created to be, right, to be pleasured. As Rabbeinu Ramchal says in Mitzvah Sasharim, "Hine Masherin Chazal, Shalom Le'Nivra El Desanig Al Hashem L'Hanu S'Div Shchinasal to go ahead and take tainug that pleasure in Hashem and to really take pleasure in His Mitzvahs and His Shchina, which is the greatest pleasure, right? Number one of the five levels of pleasure. And that Malkam Aidan is really Olam Abba, but the preparation through that is through this world." where the world of Gan Eden comes from. So when a person is really directing himself to the Yad, to the goal that a person was created for, right, a life of pleasure, so you'll find yourself searching for the greatest pleasures, the most spiritual pleasures, and you want to assist others. You want to go ahead, you'll go ahead and decide and choose between pleasure and comfort, between essential pain that you have to take and stop suffering and you'll differentiate between the two see what's what's important and the process you'll learn the real meaning and essence of life and and the Torah says in Bereshit Choftalid Pasuk Aleph Avram Zokin Babayom Avram was old right came old with his days and the Zerah College says in Vayichi Bereshit Choftalid Oman Aleph that he came with his days now is it possible could a person get become old without the days without his days so yes it's true a person can go ahead and get old even without using the days of his life many people Right, they become old without their days. Maybe they had some growth for maybe a year. If you put all the days of your life together, how many days, how many moments did you use and utilize to grow? But Avraham Avinu and Sari Menu, they had a right. They they grown constantly every single day. They really used life as much as possible. They came with their days. So go ahead and make that decision to go ahead and really find and attain the greatest, deepest pleasures of life. And this Nakuda can be create the difference between Hachaim Vesamavis Atoivaro, right? To go ahead and make the Hevda between a life which is used and utilized to a wasted life. That's a secret of the of Tzmicha, of growing spiritually. 
and as it says in the passage of Ahavta, as Hashem Lokecha was written in the parish of Shema every day, so Rabbeinu Bachi says that, and brings us a free wise Avram Avinu called Avram Ohavi Avraham, my beloved one. That's what we're talking about, number 30 of the 40 ways, Ohuv. It's because he, because he cared about the people, he cared about my world, and someone who has that pleasure wants to give it over to others. Now, back to our question. Let's try and answer this now. So certainly there's a few questions going on. How can I appreciate someone else's if I don't appreciate his talents in the first place? Let's say I find that I don't think being artistic or I don't think music is important. So the aside, what he's lacking is that, first of all, define. Define, interesting way of, of processing this. Define what is my purpose of life. Lisanig al-Hashem, to get the ultimate pleasure, i.e. to get as close as possible to the infinite one. Which means, as the more I can grasp infinity... The more I can get in touch with that, with the Ain Sof, so certainly my life is much richer and I have much more pleasure by definition. So when I connect myself to the Ain Sof, which is expressed by music, expressed by art, as the Rambam says in Hilchas say that Bays, beginning of Parak Bays, that a person can come to Avas Hashem in two ways, through understanding, right, and taking a look at creation. Um, that's appreciating Hashem's work through His handiwork, and a deeper appreciation is through the Torah. But there's both, to use both. So if a person can appreciate the Bria, so then he's lacking in his Havanas Hashem, which is that understanding is the ultimate pleasure. That understanding is the ultimate pleasure of getting in touch with reality and getting in touch with the Infinite One. As of Victor Miller, he would meditate for hours one time on a flower and he was crying after meditating for five hours just focusing on the tremendous beauty and, and depth that there is within that creation and he said I came to a Madrega you know, close to Rachakodesh Nevoa something a very high darga he said I wish I've done them I, I should have done it more because you know why did he spend his time doing that because appreciation appreciation of the depth of of the world of Hashem's creations is the expression of Hashem himself so when you can go ahead and appreciate other people's talents, it's not just how is this serving me. Again, we spoke about this, um, about individuality in my world. That if I'm contrasting my individuality, my talents, that many people have the same personality, quote-unquote, or the same talents, similar talents, interests, um, upbringing, and so on and so forth, if I am viewing myself as the others, I'm just measuring my uniqueness and my powers just in comparison to others. So yeah, externally we have many, many things in common. We have things in common. But the episode of appreciation, and this is of the Rogachover, the way he used to learn, is that instead of separating and learning ideas which seem similar at first, right, in the first glance, um, and he would show and to show why they're different, the Rogachover would go ahead and do something exact he would do the exact opposite. He would go ahead and take um, he he would go ahead and include many, many separate details that that um, right, certainly separate pratim and include them within one principle. So we mentioned that the Sod of Achtus of unity, the, the power of unity, is that you have many, many dimensions within living. So only someone which can appreciate the essence of a person, i.e. that he's an expression of God, which means that for my Shlemus, if I can appreciate him, so I get I'm one step closer to eternity, the more people I can understand in that sense, that I can get into his world, his pattern of thinking, his Kiddush what he can bring out, 
his chelik in Torah, and we spoke about, we mentioned this a little bit before, right? The Shivim Panim La Why is Shlemus and Torah? You have to have 70 different perspectives, whatever the, the number 70 dafka is. Or really, the Sheish Mos Aleph, that's why you make the Brocha, Chacham Arazim. When you see 600,000 Jews coming together, the reason you make a special Brocha, um, which expresses, you know, the difference between people is because that's that's the Klal Koladeo says Rashi and Brochas. That is the right inclusiveness of all the different Deos and minds you have out there. So the greater your sense of appreciation, of understanding the essence of, of man and how his mind operates, not just scientifically, psychologically, philosophically but of our appreciation of how he connects to the Eternal One with his talents. And it's not just focusing, oh, is he good with technology? Is he good with art? Is he good with mathematics? Is he good with this? Is he good with that? But to appreciate the deeper sense of what does it mean to be, to analyzing this world through the eyes of mathematics, of art, and something which is very deep within his soul, to make this practical. These talents very much reflect, and you'll see this, in different gedolim, you can see the most when they they had obviously each one had their own talents, but when they within their specific prayers, the form that they written, some could be very, you know, math oriented, some could be very artistic, some could be very music oriented, musically oriented. So their expression of Torah is very very different. And if you take a look at and you know any of the any of Yiddishkeit's literature, any of the Dolim's literature throughout the generations is so different and each one beautifully has his own path, his own connection to Torah. How could you have so many Sfarim that com discuss completely different ideas, completely different perspectives, you know, different analytical pathways? How is it possible? Right? Having many, many dimensions within Torah, within the various aspects of Torah, the, the different parts of Torah. How is that possible? The site is is that you're not just appreciating, you know, the maintenance. So certainly you should appreciate it. It's very important. But obviously, a, a part, if a person's doing a job which really expresses who he is, and he feels this is my tafkin in the world, is that, i.e., it doesn't just mean being involved with finance. Certainly one can bring his Kiddush Hashem, his community impact as people, as individuals, community as institution. Tremendous relationship of understanding, but if a person can appreciate and have the capacity to understand the other person to its full capacity, that means he's a completely balanced person, i.e., his personality can be different than the other guy. But if he's at Kedekach worked out, as you'll see with the Gedolim, right, the Gedolim and the people in their generation, they'll be able to appreciate the person, the tremendous depth, even if they are naturally their Natiyah Sanefesh, Tchunas Sanefesh are very different. Because the Yasod of Adam Asholim, as we mentioned earlier, is dependent on this fact. How many dimensions can I see within the person? If you can only appreciate and just stuffing your ideas down the other person's throat, you're not really appreciating who they are. That's what it means appreciating someone's essence and certainly seeing that how expresses of entire, which is ultimately the infinite reality, the expression of God in this world. So, we'll leave it a little vague. Um, not so many practical kalim, now just the appreciation for this concept. And Bez Hashem, as we mentioned, number 31, which is about loving the omnipresent, loving Hashem with all, um, right, your, with, your, with your heart, with your soul, with all your possessions. We'll see those three different categories that we say every day in the Shema and be able to apply that to um, our relationships with, with people, with human beings.
And then in number 32 of the 48 ways, there's always have real many practical nakutas about loving, right, humanity loving Hashem's creations. That's literally what Brios is, Hashem's, loving Hashem's creations. And just one point, just to address the last point, um, respect. So that's what we spoke about earlier in the show. We spoke about kavod, the concept of kavod. When you're giving a person, um, you're validating his existence, not just that you're being a nice person, but you're appreciating the dimensions within him and it becomes a reality, the same way that you perceive reality. So we spoke about earlier. Um, so, Duyan Sham, we mentioned earlier in this year. And the last Nakuda, in terms of respecting, how can one respect a teenager? You know, this is a question we, we can all be troubled by. And, and for teenagers, sometimes appreciate who they are themselves. So, I give them a quick mushal. You take a look at a seed. Mamish on the point that we mentioned earlier. You take a look at a seed. Say, eh, what is a seed? You know, it's nothing. But if you plant it, right, it can grow into something tremendous. But the assault is when you're looking at the seed and you're saying it's only a seed, you're completely not understanding. You're lacking so many dimensions within reality. Because the reality of this seed, it can you can have a gigantic tree come from the seed. You can have forests grow, right? So Mimela, when you're just looking at the seed, hey, it's just the seed. It's not even a question of, oh, now it's a seed in the future, it has the potential, dirty word, yeah, it has a potential to discern something else. You're, within it, it contains the DNA. One cell contains the DNA of the entire body. Each seed, each neshama contains the yesod and is connected to, right, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in, the, in the fullest way. It's not just an expression, it's not just a prat, it's not just an individual, we're also a klal. We're all a completion, another dimension, another world, olam, each person's olam umloya, as Chazal say. So another world completely, so you're not seeing the real dimension of things. You're not in touch, and that's what, how, you're not in touch with the reality, and that's what we saw at Ema that we mentioned at the beginning of this year, of awe, is about seeing and perceiving reality and the dimension it really is, and not in the mundane nature of it, as Rebnech has taught us. So that's the sort of appreciating people. Just, yeah, it takes time to discover. It doesn't come in one day. But if you're living with the dimension of understanding, of the, this multidimensional thing, and we saw Baruch Hashem, a few people in the Chabura pointed this out. Um, the Chavra, we spoke about this as well in some of the Chaburas, Shabbos Chaburas. But that is this side of appreciating things within the dimension that they really are in, the expression of the infinity that lays within every single individual, and the practicality of that. And our job is to really assist that Selim Kim, that reality, to come out. And that's why it says that a Nisham which leaves a body is like a Daimak Kasefer Tosh Nisraf. It's like a Sefer Torah which is being born. An entire Sefer Torah scroll is being not just one letter, it's an entire way of understanding the Torah. A the ultimate expression of, of, of the ultimate reality of infinity being lost in a certain sense. That's he said where Chil Hashem comes from. What's a Chil Hashem, right? Uh, um, the way we translate it is desecration to Hashem's name, but it's not accurate. Chil Hashem, true, that's the way it's used. A Chil Hashem means Meloshon Chalal, that it's empty. There's a space, there's a void which has been created because this, this Olam or this dimension has been taken away from us. That is the aside. Um, certainly of appreciating of Ava, of love, of really loving people, and I think it's such a practical point. If a person really looks at every 
person seeing not just the seed oh he can turn into a great sheep but now he has a tremendous world there's a dimensions and multi-dimensions within that human being within that yid that is here to express another dimension another world of the infinite one the ultimate creator the omnipresent and that exists within every single particle of the Bria in that perception of the world. And it's much, much deeper and very, very powerful. And Bezor Shem will see some practical Kalim regarding this, but I think if a person can take these concepts and really actualize them, to see the seed, how it's being implanted, it can come to tremendous, tremendous things. And to really zoha to that unity, which, by, as we said, why it empowers us is because that when we have the unity, we're seeing how each person serves that goal. Each person has another dimension. You have a complete world in that sense. And then obviously to direct it towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And to bring out that Kiddushim Shemayin that we have within us, and that's our ultimate potential in that sense of the actualization of that potential at Khan. And Beis Hashem, we shall be zochet to become Ahuvim Lamalov and Echmadim Lamata, beloved Pai up above, and being adored down below in this world. And Beis Hashem, we shall bring Bizech to bring out that Kiddushim Shemayin to Mikadushim Shemayin to fill the world with our dimension that we have within our towns, within what we can contribute. And even it's not about contributing to the to the cloudness there, it's about focusing in my world within that dimension. And that's, I think, the site to answer many, many of these questions. And sorry to this, the question that we spoke about individuality, which is so very similar in many ways to this question, just to Mitzarev, but that's this idea, that that's this site I'd like to share with Eilam, Mitzarev Rabbeim, Adkan, and Zchus Rabbeinu, to see the light of Tyra. Each one to be to bring out his special Nakuda individuality within this world at Khan and I thank you very, very, very much.